the devil loses. Isn't that great? He loses. He might win a battle, but he don't win the war. I also want to tell you, and there may be some things that you disagree with. It wouldn't be the first time. But I just want to get you to thinking about some things. First of all, the devil or Lucifer, whatever name that you would want to put on him, he is not all-knowing. He doesn't know everything. And he is, he is not omnipresent. He is not everywhere. Now, he can move about very quickly, but he cannot be in more place, more places than one place at a time. And I want to show you some things, and I hope it will be able to show you the enemy, because the enemy is disguising himself today as never before. And I think it's important that we recognize who our enemy is. And our enemy is Satan. And if we was to go back, now this here has the book of Revelation written up there on it. And if you'll notice, this is Michael the Archangel, and he has, there was a war in heaven at one time. And when that war took place, there were some very things that happened that I don't know all the answers to, but I do know that there was a rebellion, and that rebellion was of Lucifer, or Satan, or the adversary, adversary or the slanderer, or whatever you want to put upon him, that you would... Uh, understand. Mostly, he had personal ambition and pride. In the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel, you know, I have that accent sometimes, I correct myself. I want to read from the, um, and if you'll bear with me, I'll try not to make this boring, but I want, if I don't set a foundation, you won't know where I'm, where I'm going or anything about it. But in the book of Ezekiel, you can go to the book of Isaiah. You can go to the book of Revelation. You can go to the book of Daniel. There's lots of books in the Bible that tells us about Lucifer or Satan or whatever we want to put upon him. But in the book of Ezekiel, it spells out some things that I want to take quickly, and I want to read through it, okay? In the book of Ezekiel, chapter 28, verse 1, Because your heart is lifted up, and you say, I am God. Now, this is the New King, New King James Version. I sit in the seat of gods in the midst of the seas, yet you are a man and not a god. Though you set your heart as the heart of a god, behold, you are wiser than Daniel. There is no secret that can be hidden from you with your wisdom and your understanding. You have gained riches for yourself and gathered gold and silver into your treasures. Now, this has a twofold meaning. He was talking to the, Israel, the Israelites, but also he's speaking of Satan. By your great wisdom and trade, you have increased your riches, and your heart is lifted up because of your riches. Because, therefore, thus says the Lord God, because you have set your heart as the heart of a God, Behold, therefore, I will bring strangers against you, 
the most terrible of this nations, and they shall draw their swords against the beauty of your wisdom and defile your splendor. They shall throw you down into the pit. That's where the devil's going eventually. And you shall die the death of the slain in the midst of the sea. Will you still say before him who slays you, I am a God? But you shall be a man and not a God in the hand of him who slays you. You shall die the death of the uncircumcised by the hands of aliens. For I have spoken, says the Lord. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, take up lamentation for the king of Tyre, and say to him, Thus says the Lord. Now, the king of Tyre many times refers to as the enemy. You were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. The sardius, topaz, and the diamond, the bell, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, the turquoise, the emerald with gold. The workmanship of your temples, timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. You were the anointed cherubim who covers. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of the fiery stone. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created, till iniquity was found in you. Until iniquity was found in you. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings, they might gaze upon you. You defiled the sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquities. Now, we know that one time that the adversary, the devil, or Lucifer, whatever we want to call him, it is clear from the scripture that God did not create the devil. Can anybody say amen? God did not create the devil. This creature became the devil when he decided to rebel against God. God did not create evil. He did not create the devil. I don't know all the answers. Evidently, the angel that Lucifer was, or Satan, whatever you want to call him, in heaven, morning star, all the names that people have put on him, that evidently he had a choice. They are angels that are made that are made just to worship the Lord. Now again, you can disagree with me. But there's angels in the Bible that are made just to worship the Lord because they worship him day and night. And they bow before him. But there must have been some angelic beings that had a choice. Because Satan, when he was cast out of heaven in that war that the archangel Michael fought with him, the Bible says in the book of Revelation that he took a third of the angels of heaven with him wherever he was cast to. Now, personally, you can disagree. I believe he most likely ended up here somehow or another. 
imagine, you say, well, how many demons would that be that he gets? That's what, that's what fallen angels are. They're demonic spirits that fight for him. You say, well, how many would that be? But think about it. I think the world today, the population is about 7 billion. Is that right? Around set between 7 and 8 billion people is the population of the world. It calls Satan the God of this age or the God of this world. Satan is presently deceiving humankind. That's his calling. That's what he wants to do. The Bible calls him the prince of this world, the God of this age, and the prince and the power of the air. But Jesus said to the religious leaders of his day, You are of your father the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. For the devil, he was a murderer from the beginning, and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. I want you to know, folks, the devil, there is no truth in him. And if you allow him to talk to you, he's going to tell you a what? A what? He's going to tell you a lie. You, you, do y'all know anybody that they can't hardly tell the truth? They always just tell a lie. Amen. I had a, he wasn't a direct relative, thank God, bloodline, but he was married in the family. He's not in it anymore. I still like him. <clears throat> but so help me, he, if he had come to tell you something, if he came years ago, if he was to tell me that something happened, I wouldn't go rushing out to see about it. Because he all, everything he told, the majority of it was a lie. Well, and the devil, when he speaks, he speaks a lie. All his resources are built up on a lie. There's no truth in him. In fact, Jesus says he's a liar. And he's the father of all liars. And he wants to come and lie to you and I. And guess what? Many times we allow him to do that. He sets upon your shoulder. Not him personally. He doesn't dwell where we're at. I've said this many times. They said, where does Satan, if he's just one person, where where did where does he live at? I really think he dwells in Washington, D.C. I think that's his home base. I, it probably is. That's where, in high places. But this deception will continue on in our world until the day of judgment. We know eventually in the book of Revelation, chapter 12 or 20, that one of these days, his end's going to come. The enemy was, is very shrewd. I want to talk about his fall. By Satan's fall, the wisdom and the great intellect that he had became evil craftiness. He was just became evil. And the next place he ends up, God makes a beautiful paradise called the garden.
of Eden. Now, you say if it was so beautiful and so wonderful, and if heaven was so beautiful and wonderful, how come he allowed Satan to be there? Well, I don't know. God must have given him permission. He came to Job. God gave him permission to come to Job. The Bible says every day the devil talks about you. The word says he goes every day continually making accusations against the saints and the children of God. So he comes and he's looking for himself. Uh, He wants to find someone in this beautiful garden. Can we have the beautiful garden put up there real quick? He comes and he wants, comes down and there's a beautiful garden there. We know that God made Adam and Eve and he put them in there. And Adam and Eve, I don't know how long they dwelled there. They may have been there a long, long time. It doesn't say. It doesn't tell us. I know one thing. One day, a very shrewd, a very crafty, a very deceiving enemy appeared. And as he appeared, it was Satan. And he appeared in the form of a serpent or a snake. Now, I want you to think of something. What tonight if you walked outside and a snake stood up and started talking to you? Would you be startled? I've always wondered, how come she wasn't surprised? Did you ever think of that? I'm just giving you some food for thought. Evidently, she talked to him. And evidently, the snake walked upright. Did you know, I, I, I got on the Internet and I thought, well, I wonder if I've ever found anything like that about a snake. And lo and behold, In July 2015, they went to a private collection in Brazil. And in the Peabody Museum of Yale Yale University, they have a fossil of two snakes and then another one of a snake. And it has legs on it in the fossil. And they say that one time, snakes evidently walked. That's what it said. It it talked to Eve, the snake, called up there. The, The enemy had to use something to get to the perfect people because Eden was a perfect paradise. It was a place where God met with man and woman that he created. It was a place of comfort and peace and all the wonderful things we could ever dream of. And all of a sudden, evil appears. Do you know that that Adam and Eve did not have to be the first ones to sin? You show me in the scripture where it says they had to be the first one. They had a choice. God told them, 
If you eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil in the midst of the garden, you're going to die. God told them what the consequences was going to be. So they did not have to be the first ones to sin. Because the Bible had already told them to multiply and replenish the earth. They didn't even know they were unclothed. They knew nothing but peace and comfort and joy and whatever God allowed them to do and, 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 and to dwell with him in his presence. And he walked with them every day and talked with them every day. They were in paradise. Eden was paradise where you would love to live forever. But one day the crafty old serpent, the one that was in heaven, that was cast down, the same one, there's not two of them, the same one that was cast out evidently ended up here sometime or another. And he enters into the snake, allowed Satan to enter into it. And when it did, it came in, and of course, what did the Satan do? What did the serpent do? Immediately, it began to tell a lie. When you allow things that enter into your heart and your life and your ears that you know is an untruth, you're allowing the enemy to sow seeds in your heart and in your life that will produce something you're not ready to see. Now, I'm going to get ahead of myself from next week. It's difficult for to teach things and not get, you know, overlap Number one, God does not, pardon me, the devil or demons do not possess clothing. You heard me right. There's people say and believe that the clothing you put on your back could be a demon. Where do you get that from? I was at a church several years ago. I won't tell you where it was at. wasn't here, thank God. I was at a church, and a man had a jacket on, a real nice jacket. He had to be a businessman. had a really nice jacket on. They called him to the front, and they said, take that jacket off. And I want you to take that jacket off, and I want you to stomp on it, because it's for the devil. And don't you pick that jacket up and put it on ever again. You leave it laid right here. He took the jacket off. They stomped on it. They left it lay there. Guess what? He never did come back with any jackets anymore. He was smart. He left. Now you tell me where you can find in the Bible that the... Don't... Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. These things are happening, folk. That the devil can possess a jacket. Now, you might think some of the jackets I wear may be loud, and you wouldn't wear them, but I assure you, the devil is not in the jacket. And number two, if, if, I, if I preach something wrong, he'll, he'll stand up and tell me. If you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, or you're filled with the Spirit of the Lord, 
You cannot be possessed with a devil. Because bitter water and sweet water will not come out of the same tap or the same spring. Now, you can be oppressed, and I'm going to deal with that next week. But you cannot be possessed. And anybody tells you you can be possessed and you have God in your, in your life, they're telling you a lie. Amen. So why are you telling us this stuff? Folk, I've had people to come to me through the years, and they get to thinking about this stuff that's going around right now, and there's a devil behind every bush. I want you to know this is really going to get you. I don't watch him. It's okay. Harry Potter is not a demon. He's fiction. I've had him preach <clears throat> that Disney World is demons. Mickey Mouse is fiction. It's a cartoon. Tell me how a cartoon or a character that's not real can have a demon. Now, it could be manifested from a spirit. I'm not saying a spirit couldn't get a hold of somebody around a lot. Yeah, be careful what you read and what you partake of. That's all I'm saying. But, but here, I, I wish that's all I had to worry about was a movie. You know, if that's all I had to worry about was a movie, I'd jump up and down. I'd run around. I'd never have a problem if I only had to worry about a movie. People get all upset on the movie. I've seen more things on uh, uh, on the internet about movies, you know, that all oh, that's, that's of the devil, that's possessed with the devil, and this is of the devil, and I'm thinking they don't know the same devil that's been around where I'm at. Here's the devil. He wants you to go out and commit fornication, adultery, lie, steal, murder. Huh? Boy, it's quiet. But that's the devil. That's the demons. That's what they want. Jesus said he came for one reason, to steal, kill, and destroy. Kill or steal, kill, and destroy. That's what he wants to do. He's not satisfied with one of those steps. He wants all three to take place. Adam and Eve, or Eve, allowed the the serpent to beguile her to, her, to deceive her. Why does she just wouldn't have talked to it? Once you start talking to evil, it gets contagious. And she started talking <clears throat> to a serpent. I'm going to tell you, folks, if, if a snake talks to me, I'm out of here. If you pull out a snake, I'm out of here. If you get a box, I'm out of here. You know, you can have all the snakes you want. But you ever think of that? Why in the world did she talk of all the things? It was evidently a beautiful creature. Those people tells me, oh, that snake's beautiful, you know. I, I, I went somewhere the other day, and they had a python wrapped around them. Or whatever that thing is, boa, you know, and he has it wrapped around his neck and all that. When I saw all that, he was here. I went way over here because there's no way. Don't put a snake on me. No way. 
but she talks. And, of course, and so, when you let the enemy in, what happens? He begins to lie. He begins to deceive. And then, therefore, he comes in, and he takes hold, and he has power, and his presence is known, and the evil comes in. The enemy is real. That's what I'm trying to tell you. He is real. It is, there's a lot of people who do not believe in a devil. I want you to know that the devil is real, but we do not have to fear him. Can I get an amen? Just one? We don't have to be afraid of him. I'm no match for the devil on my own. He brings, he brings fear to my mind. Now, you, you can sit up there and say you're never fearful, but I, you know what? I, I, I don't believe you. Well, I'm telling you. Because everybody gets afraid sometimes. You say, well, perfect love casts out all fear. You quoted it wrong. It says perfect love casts out fear. It does not say all fear. Perfect love casts out fear. I'm so afraid of some things. I don't like Rothwellers, German shepherds, Doman pinchers. Now, you may have them. I'm not talking about your dog. Don't talk about my dog. Get me in trouble. But if you if you had one of those dogs, I'm afraid of it. That does, is, is that wrong? No. Because I'm not stupid enough to go up there and start petting it. You know, or pit bulls. You may love them. That's fine. You can pet them all you want. I don't want to pet them. So there's some things we're afraid of. I'm afraid of heights. I don't like going up those stairs. Those metal stairs, those things are shaky. I don't look down. You say, well, that's crazy. That's fear. Well, I'm sorry. I'm human. I have some things I get afraid of. When I go hunting, I don't go much anymore. But I don't get up in real high deer stands with nothing around me. Uh-uh. If it's not boxed in, I'm not getting in it. Why? Because I don't like it. I'm not going to get on one of those things that takes you up a mountain, you know. It's always not one foot. No, it's not. I'd have to close my eyes. When I was out in St. Louis, they said, you want to go up in the arch? I said, no, thank you. I was here 50 years ago. My wife went up. I stayed and waited. Aren't the things you're afraid of? But we don't have to fear the devil. Why? Because God, before us, who can be against us? When we have him, we don't have to be afraid. I'm talking about spiritual battles, not carnal fleshly battles. The Bible says we don't fight flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. That's what we fight every day that we're alive. We get up every morning, there's a fight on our hands. You might be different than me. Maybe you're different than I am. Maybe, maybe you're not as human as me. But I tell you what, every day I get up, there's a battle I have to fight every day. I want to tell you about a man several years ago. It's been quite a few years ago that I came across, and he gave me a testimony. He and his wife, we sat down for uh, quite a long time. He said, I want to tell you something. He said to me, he said, 
my wife and I were at home, and <clears throat> he said she didn't, she didn't know. Now, he wasn't a born-again Christian. He didn't know the Lord, but his wife did. And he said, every, I was at home, and every time she'd leave the house, he said, I'd take all of the clothes, my clothes off. It's a true story. I'd take all my clothes off, and I'd run around the house, and I'd scream, and I'd run, and I'd scream. And when she'd come, I'd have them back on. So I did that day after day, week after week, month after month for a long time. He said, because I was so possessed with the spirits and demons and devils and hate and envy and everything was eating at me. He said, I, one day she came home and I had in my mind a plan. When she turns her back on me, I'm going to put my hands around her throat and I'm going to choke her to death. She said she was at the kitchen window and she was washing dishes by hand. And as she was washing the dishes, he slipped up behind her and he took his hands and he was getting ready to put his hands around her neck. She looked in the, in the window, and as she did, she saw him. And she, she turned around and frightened him so bad. She called the police. They come and arrested him. They took him, and they put him in a mental institute. He was in there, I believe it was three. I took my notes. He was in there like three or four years, locked up mentally insane. While he was in there, there were ministers that would go in ever so often and minister to some of these people, and he heard it. And over a period of time of listening, one day, his mind began to return to normal. In that mental institution, he fell on his knees, and he prayed and gave his heart to God. He got up, I believe he told me it took right around a year before they let him go home for the first visit, and then he would come back. It took him a couple of years, but he began to live for the Lord, and God changed his life, and then they released him, and God restored him completely, and those demons and devils were cast out of his body, out of his soul, out of his spirit, and out of his mind. And if you would have told me that man that I'm talking about had this to happen to him, I would say no way on earth would that man have ever been through anything like this. He was the head deacon in the church. He dressed in a suit. He would have been the one you would have thought was the most sophisticated, the most educated, the most one that was spiritual, the most one of everything, and you would never know him that these things had happened to him. Why are you telling us this? I want you to know we need today to be careful what we open our minds up to. I'm not telling you that not to open your mind up and entertain things and look at things and read things, but if it's against the Word of God, it's not right, folk. 
If it doesn't line up with this word, it's not lying. If you have a revelation, God can give revelations, but if that, he, but He's not going to give you a new revelation of how to be saved. If you get a revelation from God and it doesn't line up with this word, you have a false revelation. If you teach something that is not in this Bible, you're teaching false doctrine. You're doing wrong. You're deceiving people. The Bible says there will be men in the last days that will deceive people. And the churches will heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. What's that mean? They want people to tell them what they want to hear. They want them to compromise on everything, on every hand. Look, we must take a stand today for what's right and what's righteous, and what's holy, and what's true, and what's real. We must take a stand today. Why? Because Eve didn't take a stand in the garden. Guess what it cost her? Huh? Yeah. It cost her. It cost Adam. It cost the snake. Well, wait a minute. If the snake didn't walk, how come he said, you're going to crawl on your belly the rest of your life. You're going to eat dust. Just a thought. But Adam and Eve, they lost everything that they had that was peaceful and lovely and right. And not only them. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Eve. Thank you for all that. No, we can't really blame them. You know why? It goes back to them. We can't blame them because Jesus has delivered us from the curse of sin. Wow. Jesus delivered us from the curse of sin. Look at that. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said. Be careful when people come down and say, God said. When they tell me that, God told me something about you, I'm thinking. Let me give you a little illustration about that. I'm not going to keep you a long time. I was in church. The devil comes to church, or the demons come to church all the time. Pews may be empty, but the demons come all the time. They're faithful. I was sitting in the audience. I was associate pastor of the church. My wife's standing beside of me. There's a young lady two pews up for me that I knew and my wife knew very much. A woman behind me touched me and said, God told me that you are going to marry that young lady two pews up. Well, at least you, you picked a good looking one. That actually happened. And I'm thinking, do what? No. <clears throat> I've only been through this once. We ain't going through it again. She told me that. She said, God told me, God showed me 
that you're going to marry that young lady up there. And I'm thinking, well, what's going to happen to my wife? People will say, God told you all kinds of stuff. God told me to tell you. If God told you to tell me, he's going to tell me also. Otherwise, I'm going to back off and say, okay, I, I receive it if you say God told you something. Now, don't be afraid. If God tells you something to tell me, don't be afraid to come and tell me. I'll listen. And I'll say, okay, God, then you, you show me, you tell me, whatever. All right? Because God does send people to me and to you to tell you things. I'm not saying that. But he's not going to come and tell you that you're going to get a, 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 a bride that's now to come and tell me that and say, hey, you're going to marry somebody about 30 years old. Well, I don't think my wife appreciates that too much. And that's what happens. Why? Because you can blame Adam and Eve in the garden, but they made their own decision. You know that? They made their own decision. Everything we do, we make our own decision. We make a choice, don't we? How many has ever made the wrong choice? Uh-huh. All the time, don't we? Man, I wish I had it done that. Why did I do that? Why did I listen? How come I didn't listen? Why didn't I? Hey, we all make the wrong choices sometimes. I'm not talking about husbands and wives now. I don't want to get in problems tonight. Of course, that could happen too. But, uh, but really, when you think about it, don't we make the wrong choices sometimes? And you say, why in the world did I ever do that? You know why? Because we're in a battle. But I told you at the beginning, we win. We win. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Do you think that God made a way for, for Eve and Adam to escape the temptation? I do. I think he had provisions. They, they didn't have to go eat it. They had the tree of life. They lived forever. They didn't have to go out there and eat of that other one to have their eyes open. God has a way of escape. You say, well, I, you know, back, there used to be a comedian by the name of Flip Wilson. Anybody remember him? And he's, yeah, I'm telling you, he's, okay. He, he said, the devil made me do it. Huh? Remember? He, everything he'd say, the devil made me do it. The devil, the devil can't make you do anything. The demons can't make you do anything. Anything we do, we do it because we choose to do it. You blame the devil, and I'm not taking up from him. <coughs> but it's because we choose, not because that we don't have a choice. Because God always makes a way of escape for us. So... Close it. Consequently, blame cannot be placed upon God for their sin. It was their own choice. God didn't make them sin. God didn't send the serpent to tempt them to make them sin. Now, God allowed Satan to dwell there. Evidently, he was in camp. He was camped there in Eden, just like everything else. But God 
God did not make him make them do it. They chose of their own accord. All I wanted to do tonight, and Wednesday nights are different, you know. I could preach evangelistic, but you're all saved. And you should be if you're not. All I want you to do is this one particular thing. I want you to think that Satan is real. And his demons are real. And they don't possess clothing, and they don't come in these little packages. It's just, they want to get you oppressed, depressed, and that's what I'm going to deal with next week. Now, I could have done next week, this week, and you've probably been more excited, and then you come back next week, and then you say, geez, I want to let down. So you can have the let down tonight, and next week it'll be uplifted, okay? But I'm going to tell you some true things that I've experienced over the years of people that actually were demonic spirits possessed. Now, I assure you, it wasn't from clothing. There's a lot of things that could go into But the devil is our enemy. He is our enemy. And we have to be careful today. So I wanted to do this in two parts. Pastor asked me if I wanted to do two parts. I said, yeah, because I, I, I don't know if I, I've made any sense to you tonight. Hopefully I have. That you realize that Satan is the one, he's our adversary, he slanders us, he accuses us. He was filled with pride, he was filled with ambition. It was a spiritual conflict in heaven. God cast him out. Revelation 12, 4, with one third of the angels followed Satan. If you want to go and look that up, you can. If you want to look up in Ezekiel 28, verses 11 through 17, you can see there. There's also other places where you can see his rebellion. If you go to Ephesians 6 and 12, you'll find out that he was a rebellion of principalities and powers. So there's lots of places you could go and find out in the Word of God for yourself that the devil, Satan, Lucifer, is, our, is the enemy of our souls. And his one thing is he wants to destroy us. And next week I'm going to pull the cover back on him and expose how he gets into people's lives and how he possesses them and how they can be delivered. And how you deliver them, I not. I'm going to tell you this one thing in closing, and you can look this up, and you'll be ready for next week. I can't find it, and if you find it, please let me know. Email me, text me something. And all the scripture. Jesus never laid his hands on anyone that was possessed of the devil. He spoke to him. You can go look it up. He never laid his hands on him. He spoke to him. And I'm going to, next week, if the Lord allows me to be here again, show you how you can speak and they will go in Jesus name